The way I see it, you and me got one motherfucking thing to talk about. One thing. Does he look like a bitch? The D is silent. Clark Kent is how Superman views it. Nah, I don't think so. More like chewed out. I've been chewed out before. Are you gonna bark all day, little doggy? Or are you gonna bite? Welcome to the kickback. My name is Karch, here with Kelsey as always. And today we are in part two of our Tarantino deep dive spotlight. <laughs> deep dive spotlight series, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Yeah, and today, uh, as we clarified in episode one, we're taking time to work on Kill Bill 1 and Part 2 um, rather than diving into like you know any more movies we figured we can talk about this as like one whole um, and figured that it would like take up you know the amount of time as a podcast would um, and so we didn't want to yeah I guess like spread ourselves too thin with all the movies yeah so this whole episode this is Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and there's a lot to talk about yeah. Uh, so, Karch, I know that you had never seen this movie before prior no. to this um, podcast. And I know for me, I think it was really interesting how, like, the first and only time I had ever seen this was uh, f- four years ago now um, in a class that was about violence in film. And so that was, like, a really interesting angle for me going into it this time with like that lens knowing what I was getting into and then but also experiencing it a little differently as well I feel like yeah um but yeah first thoughts I guess Karch since well, it was your first time it's really interesting going from Jackie Brown to Kill Bill mm, good note because yeah. Jackie Brown like I said last time it's the least Tarantino movie of totally. all his movies totally. it's like really tame not as stylized and then you go into Kill Bill, and my goodness, it's amazing. Right, and There's... also, I like that you brought up the sequence. Like, all right, Jackie Brown, and then what follows is is Kill Bill. And would you say that this is still, like, you know how we were talking about, like, the same era, you know? Like, would you say this is the same era as, like, Jackie Brown? Pulp no, Christian? no way. I agree, yeah. yeah. I say this is, like, this is, like, a completely different movie. And also, I like that you brought up Jackie Brown, just like quickly say is that like that movie is like female focused but like kinda you know what I mean like she's obviously a really strong character but it's not I don't know like I didn't leave that movie being like yeah like she's awesome like what a strong female movie but Kill Bill I'm like oh, oh, oh. like Uma Thurman rocks like I yeah. like she's amazing like um and even like the bad guys are powerful women too oh my gosh most of them are yeah and it's cool that it's like about a guy but like not about the guy you know it's like about revenge you know and i think it's it's cool that it's like a yeah that it there's just like so many layers to it and yeah it's it's a good movie yeah to me this is the movie tarantino like really wanted to make totally and it's just outrageous and fun and mm-hmm. like pretty dark yeah really dark but it's just so good. Well, I guess speaking of dark, um, what do you think of the way this movie is like teed up? Like the first, the first scene, volume one, you know, where it's like black and white and she's like, it's just her face on the ground. Yeah. That's really interesting. 
I don't I don't know what to take from that though. Do you have thoughts on it? I guess like from a plot standpoint, it like puts everything in motion. You know that first scene. That's what puts everything in motion. But also, I think it's it it provides a lot of like questions that will be answered. Like who's Bill? Who is this? Like is she in a wedding dress? Is she pregnant? Like is she dead? You know, it presents like so many questions. Um, and they all get answered like over the course of the two hour movie, like not immediately, which I really like. And yeah. even so we don't even meet Bill, you know? Yeah. The whole movie, mm-hmm. but you just see his hand and right. hear his voice. Yeah. Speak more on why you think Tarantino really wanted to make this movie. I, I think it's just so ridiculously stylized and fun. Like mm-hmm. after that scene, the, I'd say, like, the first real scene of the movie is that big fight scene with that one woman. Oh, yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not just a fight scene, though. You have her daughter coming home and, like, that whole dilemma. And also, I think one of my favorite lines from all of Tarantino's stuff is, like, tricks are for kids. Like, it's so random, but it's, but it's such a good reference to pop culture. Like, uh-huh. It makes it almost more real. That yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a fun comment you made. Like, it makes it so real. Like, because I feel like that first, like, that first killing, like, sets it up really well of, like, what we're going to expect from all the other killings. Because it's, like, reality is happening in the background. Yeah. But also, like, this ridiculously outrageous, like, fight scene. And I feel like that's kind of the case with everyone she, like comes up against so you're like oh like we're in a hotel like there's a party going on and she's like brutally like murdering people like yeah and i love how casual it is like i think this is another point to bring up like how great dialogue is like because they're like chatting and they're like like make like making a meeting point you know like and then it just lashes out you know i love to throw the coffee cup to like deflect the knife throw or whatever and yeah oh yeah she like drop kicks her coffee right that's yeah. what it is that's right. I was like, I know this is a coffee cup. <laughs> a little that. And yeah. One thing I didn't expect is how dark it got right after that. Like when she was in her coma, you find out that she's been kind of raped. Right. For yeah. like four years. It was four yeah, years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And how Bill, like, wanted to make her life even worse. Mm-hmm. Like, don't kill her while she's in a coma. Like, let's wait till she wakes up. So yeah. Like that's easy. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, that was so dark. And then she, like, murders those two guys and steals the pussy wagon. <laughs> that car. Yeah, didn't we read that, like, Tarantino, like, has that car? Yeah, it's his yeah. car, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but funny. But then you get the iconic scene, like, move your big toe, and it's... Yes. And you immediately are on board with her. Like, mm-hmm. you want her to get her revenge. You're rooting for her the whole time. Absolutely. Easily. And I feel like it's not, it's like not hard to wish her, like to want her to win either just based on how they make the, the other characters like such caricatures of villains, you know, and, and not in like a cheesy way, I guess what I'm trying to say. Like, like the one woman has like an eye patch, you know, and she like with the first presentation we see of her is her whistling and like 
a full on like nurse like get up, you know, like yeah. very like straight out of a comic book. Like, and I feel like there were multiple aspects of this movie where Tarantino wanted to be out of a comic book, you know, like the quick like whoosh, you know of like fit the facial moves or like the that huge siren sound. Yeah, every you time know. she like thinks of Bill or like sees something, sees someone. Uh huh. It like zooms in on her eyes. And it's all red. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Hey. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Love rooting for her. A lot of fun. Um. Uh. Should we start moving into more of our like structure of the podcast, or just keep talking about how good this movie? We can is? just keep talking about how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love another thing I really enjoy about the first mm-hmm. volume one is when mm-hmm. she goes to Japan. And yes. Has that whole conversation. With that one guy, like the big samurai sword maker. Oh, yes. And Uh then, like, you don't even know who he is. That's right. But she knows. And then... Yeah, Hattori Hanzo sword. Yeah, Hattori. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought that was so cool, like, the worship of all those swords. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm done making swords. And she, she just writes Bill, right? Yeah, she's like, well... Like, this is, this is why I need one. And he immediately is like, okay. And I think that that's a cool aspect of the movie, too. That, like, this movie is, like, it's a samurai story. Like, ki- like kinda. You know? Yeah. I guess, like, it would be, like, a modern take on it. Just based on... Because I've only seen two, like, Japanese movies, like, that are, like, that are, like, based on, like, samurai films. Or, like, they're supposed to be samurai films. Or are. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so it's hard for me to be like, yeah, this is exactly like that. Like, it's not. But I think it does a really good job of, like, paying homage to it. And, like, having a structure like that. Um, but it also, like, has the freedom to do its own thing. The scene I wanted to bring up that I think is maybe one of my favorites of the movie. Just because it is so gripping and engaging. The animated scene? Yep. yep. It's the animated scene. Because it, like... Like, you know who, like, Lucy Liu's character is, like, and everything about her in just, like, this, like, quick, like, background scene that also reveals more of the gore and more of, like, just the, I don't know, like, another dimension to this movie. Like, I feel like every, every, like, villain or whatever, every person she's, like, facing off against, like has so much like depth to them it's like nuts you know know, what I mean and and it's not like oh we're going on this tangent with this character it's like no we're gonna like like hear about this character now and like that's exciting um and also side note I love that they're like they're like code names are all like different types of snakes and Bill is the snake charmer that's what Uh he's called and I think that's so clever (laughs) it's like so simple but it's good back to like the Japanese style Mm -hmm. he'd he filmed this in the in like the Asian tradition of filming, not the American. Mm. Oh so right, they, you told me. Yeah, they film everything in order. In order, yeah, and they don't do that in the United States mm-hmm. or Western film, I guess. Right. And yeah, that was just so cool. Even like, and you're right. Every every big character, and even some of the small ones, have really cool backstories. Like, I'm thinking of Lucy Liu's bodyguard, that one girl, and you just get a scene to show how crazy she is, and she looks so cool with, like, that that weapon and that, like, schoolgirl outfit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. she's nuts, yeah. Ah, I want to watch it again. And I love how, like, I love in the scene, like, where she's, like, 
trying to take on Lucy Liu's character. Sorry, I keep forgetting. Oshiren. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Oren. Oren Ishii. Yeah. Wrong way. Um, I was like, so I keep calling her just Lucy Liu. Um, I love how, like, in that scene where she's, like, fighting, like, the crazy 88 and stuff is, like, we, like, tra- we, like, pass from, like, this animated time into, like, real, but it's, like, walking a line. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, because, like, when she's fighting all those people, like, it turns black and white, and then it just becomes really ridiculous, like, really outrageous. And even when, the way the bodyguard dies, like, she, like, like, her, like, she's blood coming out of her eyes, and that's such a, like, like, a comic book, like, very grotesque thing you'd see. And I yeah. love how, like, we pass this line into whoa this is like this is like the animated but it's like with real people exactly yeah, yeah. she'll like swing her sword around and legs they're like flying off and oh, oh my goodness yeah over an ishii ishii i think ishii. that's it i think it's over an ishii oh when she cuts off that guy's head at the board meeting and, and it just goes the blood is just like <laughs> pouring out yeah I love the tension that scene builds. How, like, all these men are just talking, and then she just gets up and runs the end of the table. Like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, Oren's, like, accountant, lawyer, that mm-hmm. that woman. Oh, right. It, I and guess Tarantino don't. delivers, like, the, cathar- the catharsis that you want. Like, right. you see the, the awful things they do to them. Uh-huh. To our... To the bride. Right. And and then you get that satisfaction. Right. And it's just great. Mm-hmm. I guess... <laughs> it's hard to say that, though, without sounding like a sick person. Like, I'm so glad that person got her arm cut off. That was great. But, like, the movie sets itself up for you to want her revenge, too. Yeah. Because, I don't know, for me in those scenes, like... I'm like I'm like definitely disgusted watching some of the stuff, you know, yeah. like where you're like, oh my gosh, like even in the animated, you're like, like you were constantly like, oh my goodness, like yeah. what the heck is going on? Like this was terrible, um, but like I think that just goes back to like what we were saying in episode one about like, but it's entertainment and it's getting us to want more, like not more violence, but we want we want to see what happens next. Like we can't look away, you know we. We want her to get her revenge. So we have to see her take on the next person, like, mm-hmm. and 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 wonder how she died, and how wonder how the next person dies. You know, because yeah. each one has such a unique death. You know. But I love the contrast between Volume One and Volume Two. Totally. Because she only kills like three people in Volume Two. Um, versus in the like first one, hundred. Oh, one. oh, yeah. I see, I see. Because I was like, there's only five people on her list, I, but I feel like the first one is more showing like she's capable and. She really is a badass. Totally. And number two is, like, like how she got yeah, there. Yeah, how she got there. Mm-hmm. Which I think is funny, because in, in Volume 1, I think Tarantino does, does such a good job of making me not really want to know everything. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm, like, happy just knowing that, like, Bill, like, wronged her by just killing her, you know, at her wedding. Like, I'm okay with that, and I will follow her. And and so it's cool that you, like, it, like your comfort in that pays off because in the second movie you get to know how she you know became bill's girl became really good at the sword and all this stuff so it pays off which is nice absolutely i want to start a a little conversation here Mm -hmm. a lot of people i know 
I wanted to bring this up. They, they hate Tarantino. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to bring that up. Like, my parents don't like Tarantino. Right. Like, my dad's friends don't like Tarantino. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, it's disgusting. Like, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I was going to ask you that, darn it. Oh. Um, so, I feel like... This is a hard conversation to have without, like, offending people. Um, Not that I'm, like, trying to. I guess, like, I think something... One of the reasons why I love these movies so much is because it, it, like, rewards the people who pay attention and it rewards the people who, who like movies, who... Like, like I said, like, I've seen one samurai movie. Like, I'm not, like, this avid movie buff. But, like, it was cool knowing, like, oh, I've seen something and it's, like, being... And, like, my knowledge of that is being paid off. Or, like, oh, like, we... You and I, like, love music, you know? And the soundtrack to Tarantino's movies, like, is really important to us and something we take note of. And, like, loving music, like, like we're rewarded for that in his movies. Because yeah. he's, like, I'm going to create a movie that's, like, worked around the soundtrack, you know? And I think that the violence, like is something that he's, like, remembered for, but for me, like, Kill Bill is, like, the most violent movie that he has. Like, for me, for me, I guess, like, like, I think every Tarantino movie has an aspect to it where you, like, look away. Like, obviously. Yeah. Like, Reservoir Dogs, obviously, you know. Pulp Fiction has a little bit of that um, with the sex dungeon. I'm thinking, like, Inglorious Bastards. I'm thinking Inglorious Bastards. Gratuitous. But, but I feel like what's the difference between Inglorious Bastards... And like a war movie, like other than like dark comedy, like in the in like the angle. I don't know. Like I feel like I push back on people who are like I hate Tarantino just because he's using violence in a different way. Like I, I, it, I don't know. It, in a sense, it does glorify violence. I think. I think it like lingers on the shots, and you're supposed to be happy that. No, I don't. That she like cuts off someone's arm. You're like excited. But, but you also like have a hard time watching like when christoph waltz gets gets the nazi symbol put in his head i like am cringing and looking away but you're also like oh this was a long time coming for this guy yeah but you like look away like but i think he's showing like i don't know like like i don't know how to like put it to words i guess the reason why i say like push back on people who are like i hate tarantino movies is because like specifically knowing in this situation that your parents probably like war movies yeah and being like well what the heck is the difference other than like that it's glorifying like the military versus like glorifying like these fictional characters and having just a little bit more of like a grotesque aspect to it which is kind of like more realistic i guess like i think that going over the top with violence makes it more real like it makes me cringe it makes me like oh that's gross like 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 the bride pulled out that chick's eyeball like that was nasty like and and like i don't know for me like i think i want to stick by that tarantino uses like violence for like entertainment and like isn't necessarily like glorifying it because it's not while it's exciting it's also like hard to watch and like there are aspects that are really gross i don't think it's that hard to watch though like Django when uh he's like say bye to miss whatever and she's like bye and then he shoots her and mm-hmm. she like flies off the screen uh-huh. that's like hilarious i'm like totally well, all right um, but let's talk about like the whippings in that movie and when um carrie washington's pulled out of the the chest yeah. that's hard to watch okay yeah 
of course there are like like I said, like there's dark comedy to his movies and that's why the violence works for entertainment and also works in, oh, I'm like, I'm uneasy because there are both aspects to it, you know, like, yeah. you know, Inglourious Bastards, like I just said, like I don't like watching them like carve that into his head, but like I'm totally fine watching like the ridiculous like shoot up scene like in the bar because you're like, what the, what is going on? Are you serious? <laughs> you know, like, and so I think that's what's so great about his movies that he has like a little bit of everything in it and it and it like gets a point across like yeah. I, don't know, I guess like here's here's my take on yeah, why yeah. people don't like mm-hmm. it it's we watched La La Land last night totally and you know how Emma Stone is like I, I hate jazz and he's like no you don't you mm-hmm. just haven't listened to it correctly or like yeah right mm-hmm. I, I feel the same way about Yes. People that are like, I hate Tarantino. Yep. It's, like, I think, not to, like, offend anyone, but people could get, like, tunnel vision. They could say, like, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. If it's not this, I don't like it. Yes. And I think you need to watch Tarantino movies with, like, an open mind. Like, anything could happen, and it's presented to you for your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And it's... Like, I was talking to my mom, and she was saying, oh, I hate Pulp Fiction, because I just don't know how to feel the whole time. And I'm like, that's the point. Like, Tarantino is the puppeteer of your emotions during the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so good, to be able to watch, have someone create something on film Mm -hmm. that purposely makes you feel different emotions, conflicting emotions. And you don't get that very often. In movies. Totally. I guess if you want to really be like a passive movie watcher. Right. Then, yeah, maybe Tarantino's not for you. Mm-hmm. But like his movies are for people who pay attention, who want to enjoy something and be. Right. Like be caused to feel different emotions. Mm-hmm. That's really well said. I really like how you like compared it to La La Land because like that's a funny comment that Emma Stone makes because she's like I hate jazz and that's such a huge blanket statement yeah and I feel like saying the same thing about it, it saying that about Tarantino is the same thing I mean for one he has nine movies and you dislike every single one to be honest I think every one is is just so different quite like yeah that's like a big truly. thing from doing this that's, podcast from doing, exactly you see the great variety in all his movies and and how violence varies based on the film you know what i mean like i think reservoir dogs like i like that's my least favorite movie in this list but i don't hate tarantino like it was just hard for me to watch i didn't know how to feel but then i watched pulp fiction and i'm like i love this movie like it's so fun it's like carefree but serious and there's just all these turns and then, you know, Jackie Brown, you're like, oh, there's no violence, you know? And that could be some people's, like, favorite, you and know? Yeah, I think it's really lazy. Like, a really lazy critique to be like, oh, Tarantino. Talk about it. Preach. Tarantino's <laughs> violent. That's why I don't like his movies. Because even between the two Kill Bills, Volume 1 has, like, a hundred deaths. Mm-hmm. And then Volume 2 has, like, three. And, like, it's, and Volume 2 is way more emotionally driven. Yeah. You know, way more at stake you know like we finally see bill and we see a lot more conflict that happens through conversations yeah versus violence the best example i think out of all of his movies of that conflicting emotions and puppeteering it 
Mm-hmm. Is when she goes to kill Bill and then <laughs> finds out her daughter is alive. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, bless you. <coughs> sorry. You're right. Bless you. <coughs> My goodness. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you want her to kill this man who's been awful. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like a good father to the daughter that right. she like never got to see. Which is evil. And it's just so <laughs> tough. You don't know what to do. Yeah, I, well, first of all, like, yeah, just to veer off this, this conversation, like, I speak of the movie, I, like, hate and also love how, like, like, Kill Bill Volume 2 makes you like and dislike Bill. Like, oh, like, I feel so conflicted. Like, I don't want to like him. Like, he, his emotions got the better of him and he, like, shot the bride. And, like, that, that makes me so mad. And, like... But then in the end, he's, like, a good father, and he's, like, apologizing. And he's, like, it sounds like he wants to start over. But he, like, doesn't. But he does. I don't know. And you're, like, mad. But you're, like, oh, give him a chance. But also, like, don't. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, nuts. Yeah, honestly, and his dialogue is so good. I guess his my monologue. I had never wanted that to end. I just want to see. Yeah. The, the casting is so perfect, Bill. Totally. He's not some, like cliche villain that's super buff or like intimidating or even handsome like he's like an old man right but he still is intimidating and oh i can't get enough of bill but he's also the worst bill's the worst yeah but i think what you said about like people disliking tarantino i like think you articulated that really well yeah and i i don't think i could ever get those people to really enjoy tarantino right I, that's okay. It is okay. I, <laughs> I do think it's not okay, though, if they say, like, I don't like it, he's a bad director. Or, like, the movies are bad movies. Because they are good. They're right. really good movies. And I think it takes, like, a mature standpoint in just, like, watching a lot of movies to be able to recognize, like, oh, like, they aren't really for me, but I but I know that they're, like, considered classics and really yeah. good. Like, like, Reservoir Dogs. I recognize that that's... A lot of people's like favorite movies that people love it, Ugh, but I did not. I did not feel that way. But like, but I understand the hype of Tarantino, and I have my own favorites to choose. Yeah, you know, and that's like part of having your own opinion, and like, um, also just like, you know, liking different things. Like, it's okay to dislike him, um, but it's hard to be like, yeah, it's hard to accept the blanket statement of like, I hate all of it. He's just a bad guy or whatever. And let me know if you agree. But after watching. We pretty much watched. We pretty much watched Tarantino for like three weeks, right? And that's all Non-stop. we watched. Yeah. So then we, when we went back and watched like different movies that aren't Tarantino, like oh. It Chapter Two or right, uh-huh. it's so obvious the difference in quality in filmmaking. Yep. And and writing and dialogue. It's. Like yeah, talking it's, about yeah. Kill Bill is a breath of fresh air because I'm like, yeah, there's so much good stuff to it that mm-hmm. you don't find in other movies. Totally. I think that, yeah, I love how, like, I feel like it, we could have gone either way of like, oh, I need a breather, like, from all of this. But then when we started watching other movies, yeah, we were like, oh, I miss the attention to color. Oh, I miss the attention to, like this backstory we had earlier on, like, where'd it go? Or, oh, like, I miss the dialogue. Dialogue was a huge thing that, like, I wish, like, people had 
uh, like the patience for in like reg- in like not regular movies, but you know in like more movies because and, it's so important and, and it's just so all good. the style. I love. Mm-hmm. It's so fun when like Django stops and then you get a montage with the narration of what's going on, mm-hmm. and it. Yeah, you're not meant to passively watch these movies. You're an active participant. And right. It's so great. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like... I like having... Feeling like I have something at stake in these movies, too. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's cool how he makes us... Well, like, in, in Kill Bill, like, the volume two, you, like, you, like, have a hard time... Not necessarily picking a side, but, like, who do you feel empathy for, you know? But... But also, like, I feel like you're also forced to pick a side and you're, like, you have things at stake with the main character. And you yeah. see that, like, a lot more in, like, the other movies, you know? Like, with Reservoir Dogs, you know, you're, like, you're, like, rooting for Mr. Orange as the cop, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I like, things of that nature. And you, like... And, yeah, it, like, feels real. The, the tension's real, it feels like, I guess. So, what else? Kill Bill. Shoot, I mean... It's important. Yeah, I guess we like kind of briefly talked about color. I think color in this movie. Oh, so good. Wow. I love the yellow jumpsuit and. I love just like the I like love how in the, these movies I feel like Tarantino like spared no expense to just explore options and in, in mediums and give like, what he wanted. And yeah, to. like I love the oh we're in black and white again or like. I like I love okay I take back what I said I love the animated scene but I think my favorite scene is when he she's fighting a Renishi in the snow oh, and it's yeah. just it's like so serene and it's like romantic you know like with the snow falling and how they're like shuffling in between each other having this conversation and then like and then in battle and it's so like peaceful and like Tense. And that wide shot with the water thing lifting. Oh yeah, there's like a little like fountain thing yeah. going on, and it's like, and I love how there's tension in the piece of that shot, and it's so beautiful. Ugh, that's a, and that and I and like yeah, that's just like speaking of the scenes specifically, but I think what's so great about that is like that she like Oren Ishii's in like all white, you know, and usually that's like a sign of like oh the good guy or purity, and I love how. Like, the bride is, like, in bright yellow. She's, like, not looking the best. Like, has blood all over her. And when she, like, lowest of keys, like, decapitates or, like, scalps yeah. a reishi, we just see, like, the trickle of blood, like, flow down and her, like, fall. And the red against the white is just, like... Oh, this, like, so pe- like, this... It's been... It's, like, been done, you know? It's, like... The, it was, like, a good end to the... You know, that scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. As soon as you think, oh, this is my favorite scene, I feel like I, I know of, you like change your mind. Think of like ten more that are like, oh, that's so good. I, I think I'm gonna stick with that one. Just I love the, snow. the whole training montage. That's true. And how like goofy the <laughs> her like master was. Yes, he was like an asshole. Such a goofball. And he is he Hitori? No. Two. Oh, sorry. I meant like is that the same actor? Did you say that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you did say that. Okay, cool. I don't remember. Which is also wild. <laughs> Which is also like adds another fun element too that like the that we have like the I don't know people who we like we have two characters who like know everything that's going on kinda and like and then help her. 
Yeah. But I, I know it's in the in the past. Oh, this is a comment I have. Not really a question, sorry, but a comment I have that I really appreciate about Tarantino that we see for the first time in this movie, and then we see it in, I think, almost every movie afterwards. Not, I'm not speaking hateful eight yet or once upon a time, but specifically in Glorious Bastards and in Django, is we see like language becoming an important piece of his film, like and how I really appreciate how like she goes to like the bride goes to Japan and she like tries to speak Japanese with the like with the people there and that that is an important plot point showing that she actually does really know it as well as I think it's just such a it's such a mature way of handling like people going to other places like yeah you know what I mean everyone speaks English all right the time. and yeah. that's I mean that's a conversation for the next episodes from Glorious Bastards but like how language plays a huge part in that movie and 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 that like I love the English is like the second thing of like oh do you speak English okay yeah all right then I'm gonna talk in English and it's not for the audience or the movie it's like no this is like what it was like and so we're gonna stick to it and I just really appreciate that a lot it just makes it so much more real no yeah it's really wonderful I know it's so random I'm like trying to think there's some scenes that I don't know what language it was in when like when she finds out she's pregnant and that assassin tries to kill her is that in english wait the assassin oh my gosh in part two yeah volume two um when oh yeah that's right no that's in english is it yeah oh but i like what you're saying like now i'm questioning it you're right yeah that's so funny that wasn't English. Yeah. Because she, like, tells her to read the mm-hmm. read the back. <laughs> that was so funny. That's such a good... Yeah, that's a good scene. Sorry, I'm starting to reminisce now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, talking about this, I, I, I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. What would you say... I think I brought this up in part one. Um, and I'm not trying to be all, like let's talk about women in his movies. But I think it's, like, important to, like, like ask the question or, like, point out that, like, the bride is, like, the center of attention in, in this movie, you know? And she's, like, super strong character. And I think I've, like, definitely read articles where Tarantino has, like, male-driven movies. And that not necessarily that's a problem, but something that, like, people are pointing out. Which I think is interesting. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I disagree. Say more. In most of his movies, Tarantino takes a minority person mm-hmm. and makes them the main character. Mm-hmm. Like Jackie Brown, like an older black woman. Mm-hmm. Django, like a slave. Mm-hmm. And then Kill Bill is, is, a, is a woman. Mm-hmm. And like people who have like terrible things done to them. Yeah. And then they're the hero of the story. Yeah. So to say, like, his movies are just male-driven. Yeah. Like, no way. No, I disagree as well. May- I, just I mean, you could argue that, I guess, the men are, like, drive the plot. Like, in Kill Bill, like, it's because of Bill that mm. she has to do all this. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, but, no, I, I also disagree, because I, I just wanted to bring that up because... I don't know. I, I feel like I read something recently that was like, oh, like, 
a lot of like all his movies like are primarily male cast which is like true but also like I think that with him like not to defend him but like I think he's like so caught up in the story that he's not like oh I need to make I need to make sure of of these things yeah because because like Kill Bill like like it's like it's Uma Thurman's story you know and like and so that's the way he sees it you know what I mean like it's not that oh like we need to have a woman's center film like no this is about her and it's about her and this is the story I want to tell like Django it's about like like a male slave like this is the story I'm telling and I think that there's like power in that and also like there are like like I think Tarantino loves like the women in his movies you know that's like very obvious with like the like the feet shots and things like that but I don't think that they're ever like put down, you know, or just exist for the other characters. Like even Uma Uma Thurman's character in Pulp Fiction is a very like is not because of the other men. Like she's her own person as yeah. well. And I think we talked a little bit about that last time. Um, but yeah, I guess I wanted to ask this here because this is like such like a female centered film, and I don't know. I just thought it's trying to be like hip, you know, with <laughs> pop culture. I think you kind of. He's caught up on other stuff. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should care either. Like, mm-hmm. if you're watching a movie and counting, like, the d- different genders in the movie, mm-hmm. to, like, and basing your opinion on the movie on that, mm-hmm. you're watching the movie wrong. Right. That's that's not the point. I'm sure there are, there are some mm-hmm. movies where that might be the point. But yeah, definitely not Tarantino. Well, I guess it's important to note that, like, Tarantino's movies are so unique that he doesn't like quite honestly need to be thinking about like who he's adding to make sure that it's you know that he's not offending anyone I guess like because I know that the reason why people have issue with like Hollywood movies say like with just still being so male driven is because that we see a lot of the same movies like (laughs) that old Midway (laughs) movie like how many times have we seen a movie like that like are you kidding me and didn't see a single like female in that movie and so that's like where like issues like arise where you're like oh cool like another like world war ii like guns and chips movie with men you're like wow this is like no different but like i think tarantino like has such a unique story to tell each time like even with once upon a time in hollywood like that being his newest movie i would say that that's like different than any other movie that's come out this year you know and and truly like style wise as well as as story as well as characters you know and we and we do see like you know sharon tate playing a big part of that movie and we really see like the romance in her character um and so i think that tarantino's like just on another level and not to like idolize him i worry that in these podcasts we're like he's the best but he's kind of a jerk but (laughs) (laughs) i think he's just kind of like the mad writer. I think he's like kind of like that guy. You know I, what I mean? I've like heard he, that he's he like, like a mad scientist. He almost killed Uma Thurman. Oh, I've heard crazy Bill. stuff like that yeah. too. The but, people like don't love working with him. But also, like, if he's so bad, then why did she like do two, three of his movies? Right. And then why is her daughter in his recent? Movie? Yeah, like, that's true. If he's really that bad of a person. Right. They could be like, no, you're not doing And that. even with, like, think about how many movies Samuel Jackson has been in. Yeah. And, like, Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad yeah. Pitt. Like, people Christoph keep Waltz. coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so he must not be that bad. Mm-hmm. I love how he has his, like, favorites he works with, too. I think that's just such a cool thing that we don't that see fun. very much. I think, and this movie 
it's kind of the least of it. Right. Well, I mean, you, you have Uma Thurman. Yeah. yeah. But other than that. No, you have uh, Bud. Or, yeah, Bud. Yeah, who's, um, oh my god, I'm so sorry. He's in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And Raspberry Dog. And Hateful Eight. Oh, sorry, he's not in Pulp Fiction. He's in Reservoir Dogs. He's Pulp Fiction's brother. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction's brother. John Travolta's brother. Yeah, and Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time. That's right. Michael Madsen. That's him. Michael Madsen. Yes. And, um... Oh. Go ahead. Quick aside. Marvin from Pulp Fiction. Marvin? Yeah, the guy that gets shot in the head. Okay. Um... He went, he went on, and he's, like, a really popular voice actor. Really? Yeah, he does so many characters. Actually, yeah, you want to pull up what he does? Because his, <laughs> his set list is... I can't remember who Marvin is. In Pulp Fiction? Yeah. He gets shot in the head? And he's also in the room that's... When he's, like... Oh, so he's, like... Oh, is he in the room when he's, like, eating the cheeseburger? Yeah. He's uh-huh. one in the corner that's like, ah. Oh. Oh, Phil Lamar. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, he, like, voices. Yeah, he's in Futurama. He's in Futurama. He's in, uh, yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Oh, he's in Disenchantment. Cool. Oh, is he really? Who he's he? God. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Maybe a podcast on Disenchantment coming your way. Because I got some thoughts on it. Oh, he's like a ton of characters in like DC shows. Yeah, I think he's the Green Lantern. He's Aquaman, and he's Hawkman, and he's the Flash. And he's like a lot more. That's crazy. Wow. he's in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I know. That's so funny. He's in The Lion King. Who's in Paula? I don't know. Guess we gotta see that movie again. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, yeah, we took a hard left from Kill Bill. Hard left turn. But I think it's it's cool to see so many people who we recognize, I guess. Or not recognize, but like look further into and you're like, oh my gosh, it's these people. Or yeah. like Um, or just I guess like realizing how many people how many or actors he does reuse. Cause even like looking at the the post or you know, the the yeah, I guess the poster for Hateful Eight. Uh, Tim Tim Roth is in it, yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, we get to see him again, and it's like exciting to be like, oh my gosh, like, wow, it's been a while because yeah. he was only in in um, Reservoir Dogs so far, I think. Oh, I want to say he was in another one. Not since no. Yeah. Okay. Not since where we are at right now, I yeah. guess. Um, but uh, and so that's fun to be like, oh my gosh, he's coming back, <laughs> and it's exciting to like. Yeah, like I loved seeing Leo for the first time, and then we're gonna talk about him again once you get to Once Upon a Time. So, yeah. All right, well, I think that's about it for us on Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Yeah, should we go over our scores? Oh no, we're going to the end. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. I'm such a, a used to. Ugh, I'm in a habit to do that. <laughs> um, I guess as of right now, where we're at though with Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, and Kill Bill. Kill Bill's like number two on my list. Like Pulp Fiction is probably like my favorite. I want to say, and I want to say Kill Bill's like a close second to that right now. Out of my favorites of the four hmm. that we've reviewed, I just think there's just so. 
I don't know. I know it's like basic to say like Pulp Fiction is like your favorite. Well, in this in this situation, but I think I just love all the characters, and it's it's hard in Kill Bill because it's her against the world, and it's a lot more fun to just watch like John Travolta and like and like Bruce Willis and all yeah. them. Um, but this movie, like, I feel like is a sleeper. Like a lot of people, like I don't know. I feel like I haven't talked to a whole lot of people about this movie. Like and not a lot know about it. I think it's so funny that we. We were like, yeah, we'll just watch volume one. And we're like, we can't do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, such a sleeper. Because for me, Kill Bill was number one out yeah. of those four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is funny how I had only seen volume one. And so I was like, yeah, we only need to watch volume one. Like, I survived, right? But then, like, after volume one, knowing that there's a volume two and that we're doing this podcast, you're like, what's preventing us from seeing it? Yeah. Like, I want more. Like, even after the second one, I was like, I want more. (sighs) Yeah. And even thinking about the music, I'm like, I want to watch it again for the first time. And I can't. Like, (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for part three. Of four. Yes, cruising along here. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram to stay up to date on uh, all things The Kickback, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>